Good morning, Alamo City family and friends, wherever you may be on this amazing Lord's Day. Brand new 2020, and we have the opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ for every second of every day of this year. I was glad when they said unto me, the psalmist wrote, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I pray that the joy of the Lord is rising in your heart as the worship has gone up and just the sense of another day, another Lord's Day for us to meet together and to praise his name and open his word together. Now Shirley and I are obviously um, away for today, uh, but I can promise you that the, uh, the preacher that you're going to hear in just a few minutes is going to bless your heart and encourage you. He's one of us. Jerry Martinez has uh, led out, he and Rosie, in our Spanish ministry for a number of years, but recently there has been an expansion of his assignment. He, he has, uh, both of them have come to me and expressed a desire to be able to be more involved in, in what uh, the broader Alamo City family is doing, not just in the Spanish ministry. They're not walking away from that, just uh, adding to some things that they'd like to do. He's going to be speaking on that today, and, and the heart of it is when the Spirit of the living Jesus fills the church, when he fills us up with his presence, we're going to want to do something. We're, we're going to want to speak in his name. We're going to want to share what he's done for us and is doing for us with, with other folks. There are three things that we're going to ask you to consider doing today as Jerry leads us through this time of, of opening the Word together, but then also um, uh, making a suggestion of how we can begin to once, once more uh, impact our community right, right here close to where we live. We're going to ask you to, to consider uh, these three words, walk, pray, and bless. After the service today, after Jerry finishes, two o'clock this afternoon on the back porch on the east side of the gym where the men meet regularly for our, our times together on our first Wednesdays. Those of you who can, go get something to eat after church, but then meet together. Jerry will be there to lead out in this on the back porch, and we're going we're gonna to match up, pair up two by two, just like Jesus sent the disciples out. Then he sent the 70 out, and as they walked, they prayed, and as people came to them or they had a chance to step into someone's life, they blessed them in the name of Jesus. Wherever we are, wherever he has planted us, we're walking forth as the child of God given the privilege and the honor and the opportunity to call upon the name of our Father and ask him to bless. Ask him to bless. When, when Moses went to be with the Lord, Joshua took his place. You remember that story? It's an amazing statement. The Lord said to Joshua, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. I've given it to you. So Joshua went forth with that sense that the Lord was with him. And as he walked, as he stepped on that ground, he was believing that the Lord had given it to him for the glory of God. It would be claimed for the kingdom, uh, for, the, for the Israelite nation. And, and it literally happened that they took possession of a land that at the time seemed to belong to the devil, seemed to belong to the enemy, but the Lord had designs on it. God has designs for San Antonio and for our part of San Antonio. So will you please listen and have your heart open and just pray, Lord, what would you have me to hear and what would you have me to do? God bless you, Alamo City. 
bless you for being where you are today, Alamo City family and friends. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome time together this morning. God bless you. Well, good morning. You can open your, your Bibles to uh, Matthew. I'll go to chapter 9. Well, I was telling the congregation this morning that I just get, David just speaks just a few words for just a few minutes, and I get so encouraged. He's, um, he's such an encouragement to me, and he's always been that. But um, on, your, on the bulletin here, you're going to have this uh, Mercy Ministries. Completely forgot to show this to the morning service. Morning uh, uh, Mercy Ministries. At least that's what we're calling it for right now. But um, if you're interested um, into what Pastor Walker was talking about a while ago, just want to uh, continue to touch on that as we read the scriptures. <clears throat> just fill that out, that information there, and then just put it up in the in the box there, uh, offering uh, container or the box there, and um, that way we can get a hold of you. And I just. You know, I just feel that we as believers in Christ, we have, a, we have a purpose in this life. We have, we have a call in this life. And, 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 and let, me, let, me, let me emphasize this. This is to every single true Bible believer in Christ Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture, has a calling. You have a calling. And, and deep down inside the soul, if Jesus, if you have had a personal encounter with Christ, I promise you that you want to share that with someone. Do you not? Because it's so real. That experience that you've had in you you want to share that with, with someone. I remember when I first met my wife. I just wanted to share that, 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 uh, that I just made this, met this beautiful chick. That was words that I used. This beautiful lady. I was excited about her, and I just wanted to share that joy. With my friends, my mom, my dad, with anybody I could, with my friends. If this is true about us humans wanting to share that, that love towards one another, well, can you imagine what the, the Holy God, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life and Jesus does something marvelous in, in your heart, how can you not want to share that with someone if... Jesus is real in your life. How can you not want to share that with someone? There's, you, you want to share that joy, that experience with God, uh, with someone else, about what God has done in your life. You want to, you desire it because you're joyful. You know that God is real. Undeniable. Undeniable. I'm going to read a quote here about compassion. 
from uh, I think it was, I think it was a Frederick, Frederick Buckner. Compassion is sometimes the fatal capacity for feeling what is what it is like to live inside somebody else's skin. Listen to this. It is the knowledge that there can never really be any peace and joy for me until there is peace and joy finally for you. Compassion. Compassion, something that you're really not, when you are a compassionate person, you're not, you're not always going to be feeling peace and joy. Because compassion is that when you see somebody suffering, it's like you're sharing, you're, you're, you feel the suffering of that person, and therefore you feel bad for that person. And that compassion, feeling bad for that person, should drive, should drive you to do something for that person. If it's real compassion. Well, I want you to notice with me. Now note that. If there is real compassion, you will sense some, uh, some sense of uh, of um, uh, grief for that person, depending on what it is that he or she may be going through, that that family may be going through. You have real compassion. Notice this for, with me, chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus is going all about the cities and villages, teaching in, the synagogue, in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God, uh, of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now watch this, look at verse 36, and seeing the multitude. Why did he have a multitude? Well, because he was healing and casting out demons and doing all kinds of wonderful things in the hearts of those people, in the lives of those people, in their physical bodies. And so therefore, a multitude started to follow him because they were amazed. Verse 36, and seeing the multitude, what about it? He felt what? Compassion for them. He felt compassion. Why that compassion? Why that compassion? Well, it says there. It says because they were distressed and downcast. They were like sheep without a shepherd. That didn't make Jesus happy, did it? See, compassion... When you have compassion and it's real compassion, you're not always going to be happy about what you see, but it should move you to do something for that person or those people or that family who are hurting. And Jesus saw right here, verse 36, that there was a multitude of people who were following him and they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were beaten, metaphorically speaking. They were downcast. You see, what, what, this is what sin does to you. This is what sin does. He, Jesus didn't have compassion for the sin. He had compassion for the sinner. Because the sin 
was ruining people's lives. That's one. The other one is there were no good religious leaders. There were corrupt leaders. They were not spiritual leaders. They were corrupt. They loved money. They loved to, to dress up in a way that, 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 that they would get the honor and the glory. As Jesus sends out the 12, he instructs them about, about money. He instructs them about the jewelry, uh, the tonic, the dressing. In other words, his, their appearance. You see, because when Jesus sends us out, it, it, the focus is not about us. It's about Christ and his compassion. It's about his love. It has nothing to do with Alamo City. It has nothing to do with Jerry, Pastor Walker, or any, others, or any other leader. It's got everything to do with Christ and his love and his compassion. But, but listen. Today, about 2 o'clock, we're going to, those of you who feel in your heart, To just simply go and pray for someone. Just, just get them by the neck if you want. Ask them, of course. Don't want to make them think that you're going to fight them. Or... Just ask them, hey, listen, we're just praying here. We're from Alamo City, if you want to say that. If you don't want to say that, just listen, I'm just, we're just walking around here. And, and can I pray for you? Is that okay? What are we doing? You see, if Jesus decides to do something through that prayer, it doesn't, it's not up to us to try to put God up against the, the sword and the wall and then demand that God will do something because I'm praying God should do that. It may just take less than a minute to pray, just a few seconds, just a few words. Just laying your hands on that person Sometimes just the laying on the hands of that, on that person can, can probably change that person for the rest of their life. You see, why? Why, 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 why is it that just by laying of the hand, just something simple? First of all, it's just not about us. It's not about us. John 1, 12 but as many as received them, he gave them the authority to be children of God. You see, when we go out there, we're going out there as children of God. You have authority. You have a purpose in life. Right here, right now, in the middle of a sinful world where there's division and problems and all kinds of, 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 of sin in this world... Here is where you are the child of God. You are the son of God. And so my question is, what are you doing? Look at what Jesus says. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And then look at this. He says, and he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Look at the type of harvest. Look at the type of harvest that he's referring to. It's a downcasted harvest. It's a harvest of needs. It's a harvest that needs workers. And not just any workers. Because the disciples were those who followed Christ. What is it to follow Christ? What does that mean? It means that you're going to take time to, to, to allow Jesus himself to disciple you, to teach you, to instruct you for the purpose of being, uh, being the right worker for his harvest. So that you can do the right thing. You know, I told this to the Spanish congregation. It just seems to me that that we live in a world, we live in a nation that we don't even know. Many people don't even know what sin is. They don't know what sin is. They live together. They, they go to church. They live together. They're not even married. And they're having sexual relationships without even being married. And, and that's okay. You see, here's one thing. To be a disciple is to be one who follows God, is to, be, is to be one who is instructed by God and to follow him in all his ways, in all his ways, as best as you can. There should be conviction of sin. There should be conviction of sin. Why, why, is, it, why is it the right thing to do to follow Jesus, to repent of our sins? Why is it the right thing to do? Because he's looking for good Faithful workers. Workers, workers who can have an influence on those who are truly looking to have a real encounter with Jesus. They're looking for the, the Holy Jesus, the Holy Father, the Holy Spirit, and to have a real and personal relationship with him. The harvest. What type of harvest? A harvest that is in distress, a harvest that is downcast, a harvest that needs spiritual leaders, shepherds, good pastors. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the, the workers, the workers, the workers. What does that imply? Well, when you are a worker, when you're working, at some point, you get tired and weary. At some point, and if you're tired and weary, you're looking for a place of rest. You see, in serving the, in the kingdom of God, working in the fields of God, it's not always going to be easy. You will be weary sometimes. You will be frustrated sometimes. But just like it's true about any other worker, just like it's true about anybody who works, that you want to go home to rest, take refuge. Just like it's true about anybody, it's also true that the workers of Christ can also find rest, but in Jesus alone, in Christ alone. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I'm going to find you rest. You come to him. You belong to Jesus. You are a worker in the harvest of God. 
You just come to him. There will be moments where you just need to find Jesus. You need that time alone. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I was telling the, the, the service this morning, praise the Lord that Pastor Walker and many thousands of pastors around the world, hundreds and thousands of pastors around the world, they need that time to rest in Christ. They need that. But meanwhile, meanwhile, the church should still be active outside of these walls, in the fields, in the, these fields of Christ, the, the, the harvest of Christ is where we need to be active. We can't, we should not be, we should not uh, um, just allow that our pastors do all the work. It's not just about inviting someone to come to church. It's about you sharing with them the experience that you have had, that you personally have had with Christ. Praying for them. Explaining to them, look, this is what happened to me. And you know what's interesting? Look at with me. Um, look, at, look at verse 38. Therefore, what's, the same, what's that word? Beseech. The word is to what? To pray. It says to pray. Here's, here's a compassionate Lord who sees his harvest in trouble, being troubled. Who's asking for leaders. He's sending out his 12 disciples. But he calls his disciples and tells them, pray. You know, some of you may not be able to make it physically to meet us today at 2 o'clock. But you can pray for us. We, excuse, listen to me, we need people to pray for us, for leadership. For those who are busy out in the fields. In America, we have such a great opportunity. But you know what's taking us away? It's the comforts. It's the comforts. It's all the riches. It's all the prosperity. You go to places in, in, uh, in Iran and in, uh, Iraq and in, in, uh, Syria. Uh, there's places where it's just... Christianity is just exploding. The Holy Spirit is moving. Why? Because through all the persecution, the contrary is happening, and there's a revival that's taking place because they are not allowing all the hardship, all the suffering to take them away from living a life faithful in Christ no matter what. So what's taking, what's taking us? Well, all the comfort, all the riches. We can come here. It's nice and comfortable, nice lighting, comfortable seats. And we just go home. Don't worry about any persecution. Don't worry about anything else. Go home. Just, just have a great time after. We'll go to the mall, go to the movie. I just have in me, and like so many of you also, deep in your heart, 
You have a desire to do something outside. Taking the gospel of Christ in, simple, in a simple way, in a simple form, simply just lay your hands on them and just pray for them. Can I pray for you? All, I'm, all we're doing is just praying for you. A few seconds. A few seconds. Look at here, chapter 10, verse 1. And having summoned the 12 disciples, he gave them authority and over unclean spirits and cast, out, uh, cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of uh, sickness. So he names all the disciples, okay? He names all the disciples. But look at with me, verse 4. He names these, these disciples, Simon the Zealot, and then Judas, who? Iscariot. What did he do? The one who would betray Jesus. Among the disciples, Jesus gave authority and power to, do, to heal the sick and to cast out uh, demons and to do miraculous things. And one of them also was Judas, the one who would later betray Jesus. Don't confuse that with the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Simply what Jesus is doing here, he's giving them authority to do that. He's giving them authority. So here's what I want to tell you about this. Don't ever feel, don't ever feel that you're not worthy enough. If you are a son and daughter of Christ, if you belong to Jesus, you feel, you feel that you're not worthy you don't, feel, you don't feel worthy. Well, if Jesus, if Jesus gave authority and power to, to, to the one who will later betray him, you as a son and daughter, you also have authority. You have authority. Don't feel out of place. You are a son and daughter of Christ. You belong to him. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. So, Ephesians 4.30, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve. Well, grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Well, because it shows that it is also, he is also compassionate. He is also compassionate. In this world, somebody is suffering. Somebody needs God. Somebody needs Jesus. I want you to understand this thing. This chapter 10, about that Jesus sends out the 12 disciples, but he also, he also sent out later on, he also sent out 70. The difference between the, 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 the 12 disciples, when Jesus sent, sent the 12 disciples, he told the disciples, don't go to the Gentiles or to, to the Samaritans. But to the 70, he gave them no such restrictions. He went out. He sent them out everywhere they went. Wherever they had gone to, whatever ethnic group they wanted. He didn't withhold that, you see, because it was first to the, to the Jew. First to the Jew. He sent them out. 
And he gave him the authority. He gave him the ability to do these very things. Why? Because the whole, this whole thing about sending out the 12, sending out the 70, it's about the compassion of Jesus. It's about the love of God. He is his, his mercy, his love, his compassion. It's unchanging. Nothing can change that. That's his nature. He didn't send the disciples because they were compassionate. He sent them out because Jesus is compassionate. He, he's the one that has compassion. He sent them out not because the, the disciples loved the people. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was going, before he fed the 5,000, the disciples wanted Jesus to get rid of the, 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 the multitudes. But Jesus said, no, you feed them. And the same thing, it was because of the compassion of Jesus. See, we don't see what Jesus sees in the hearts of people. He knows the people more than we know the people because he sees the heart. And so when we talk about compassion, it's like having Having a daughter, a son that is going through something that is very difficult, the father and the mother can never have peace until that son or daughter has peace. This is the goal of Christ. The problem, the problem with sin, the problem, the problem with a religious system. The problem with, with things, th these things, is that it, it hurts you. It separates you from God. Sin destroys your life. Sin can never bring you happiness. Sin can never bring you joy. Re religious systems, religious, a, a religious system, religious people can never really truly have compassion for you. Because they don't know. They don't know you the way Jesus knows you. Jesus, Jesus knows what you really need, and it's him. It's Christ himself. So today, as we make this time, I want you to understand why are we going to go, if you, if, you, if you feel in your heart that you need to go, that you want to go, it's to go for this purpose, to share that compassion of Jesus by simply praying for someone. I just, I just feel that we need to start doing something outside of these walls. We need to. There's people out there that you don't know what, you're, what they're going through that at that moment when you probably lay your hands or touch them or just a few words that you say in those prayers, that's going to change them. They're going to feel something in their life. I was, at a, I was in a nursing home. I, I, I'm almost going to finish. I'm not going to preach long here. 
I'm, I'm almost done. I was at a nursing home uh, yesterday with our Spanish, uh, Spanish ministry. They were, uh, they were praying, the ladies were praying for, for the elderlies in their rooms, their bedrooms, and just getting them ready to invite them to come to the, to the um, uh, cafeteria, and there we would have a small little service for them. <clears throat> and I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to, hopefully they won't get in trouble. I just want to go and pray for one of these, some of these employees here, and just thank them. Just thank them for their service there and what they're doing for the elderly there. That's a hard, very difficult job. So I ran into this, this young man. I, I don't know. I, it, it seemed to me he was from somewhere, Kenya, somewhere up in those, those places out there. His, his English was a little chop, choppy. I couldn't understand him too good. But I went up to him and I said, hey, can I pray for you? And he was kind of surprised. Well, sure. I said, you won't get in trouble. I said, no, 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 no. I won't get in trouble. Well, can, can I just pray for you? Can I just pray? I just, I just want to pray for you. Yeah, sure. And as, as I started to pray for him, he began to tighten his grip on my hand. Tight. I was sensing that I don't know what really happened in, in his heart. In his soul. I don't know if he was a Christian. I don't, I don't know any of that. Didn't ask him any of those questions. Just simply pray for him. He began to tighten his grip. After I finished, he looked at me as his, his, his face was as if he was amazed. That's as best as I, I can explain that. Just, just I, I don't know if he was shocked. I don't know if he was, but there was, like he was amazed. I don't know how to explain that. And then I went down looking for somebody else, got somebody else, and I kind of grabbed him by the shoulder after I asked him, can I pray for you? Said, sure, sure. Yes, please. Grabbed him, grabbed his hand, and I prayed for him. A few words, just a few seconds. And I can kind of hear or sense a, a sense of sobbing in him. Again, I couldn't explain that, but after I finished, I finished praying for him, I looked at him, he thanked me, and his eyes were red. Just something simple. I just, brothers, sisters in Christ, listen. I, I, th there really are internal needs, internal brokenness in people. They're afraid to come to church, maybe because they feel they're too ashamed because people are going to judge them. I don't know. It's the right thing to do. As children of God, we've been given authority to be children of God, and, and if children of God, we go out there as children of God. You see, this, this right here, this little microphone, it's a tool. It was never made for itself. 
just so that it can be placed somewhere. It was made as a tool for me to use to communicate to a large audience. This here is a tool to place my book, my cell phone, and all the information I did getting, getting ready to bring out the message. These speakers, the keyboard, everything is a tool. You are a servant of Christ. You have a purpose in life. You were not saved just so that you can just experience God on your own. No, you've been saved and all the joy and everything that God has done in you is doing in you is so that you can share that same joy with somebody by praying with them. Just want to share that. <clears throat> when we when you see this this Jesus sending out the twelve, just one word that comes to me is that word that you find in verse thirty six, his compassion. Jesus is grieving because these people are like sheep without a pasture. Just like the Holy Spirit grieves. Sin destroys the soul. Sin ruins people's lives. Sin, it presents itself as something beautiful and acceptable. It's sweet. It feels good to the body. But the result, when you continue in that sinful life, is death. It is destructive. It's like when you find a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend for the first time, and you have no idea what he's really, he or she is really like. Come to find out later on, He's very abusive. He beats you. He hates you. And he does all kinds of things. That's the way sin is. Sin always presents itself as something acceptable and beautiful. But as you go on with that sin, you will begin to sense the destruction and all the bad things that comes with it. Jesus knows that. So when you find, when, when you go out there, when we go out there, remember, that you're going out there because Jesus sent you. Because he loves the sinner, he's compassionate. He has compassion for those who are hurting. It's not something good he feels about. The reason he sends them into his harvest, all these miracles that Jesus did, is for two things. It was to bring them to repentance. And the other one, is so that they know who Jesus really is. He's not a religious system. 
He's not like any other human being in this, in this earth. He is the resurrected Jesus, son of the living God. And so listen to me, some of you, you're probably just a church-going person, but you've never really had an encounter with this Jesus. Well, he also calls you. He's done great things in your life. He's done wonderful things in your life. And you know it. You know it. But you've never really repented. You've never really decided to leave your sinful life to follow Jesus. So today, he calls you to leave that sinful life and to come to him with all your heart. Surrender. Surrender. He wants, he wants to be your experience. He doesn't want you to be, be content with just going and being in love with all the comforts of our church. Structures and building and stuff that we do. He wants you. Our job here as pastors and as spiritual leaders is to present to you the living Jesus, the Savior of the world. You've returned. Well, come, come with an open heart. He is compassionate. He loves you. He hates what the sin is doing to your life. He knows you're being destroyed, and therefore he is compassionate. Sometimes... If you notice here with the disciples, notice with the disciples here that he warns them that when you go into these cities, some of these cities, they're not going to receive you. Why did he say that to the disciples? To dust off the feet, the, the, uh, the dust of their feet. Why did he say that? Because, see, a lot of people will not understand the compassion of Jesus. They will not understand that. Jesus sent out the 12, he sent out the 70 because of his compassion, because he loves them. He loves the sinner. But not everybody will accept his compassion. On the contrary, they will reject him. Please stand to your feet. It's not, it's not, and it's not about Alamo City, what we're going to do today. Two o'clock, right at the back of the gym. That's why we just simply want to pray for someone. Offer yourself, hey, can I just pray for you? They may make fun of you. They may laugh at you. They may mock at you, curse you out, whatever. If they, don't want, if they don't want to be prayed for, then you go on, dust the feet of your, uh, dust, of, uh, uh, the dust of your feet. No, you just carry on. 
Remember, it's about the compassion of Jesus. He loves them. He loves them. And it grieves Jesus if there are people out there that are like sheep without a pasture. It's about Jesus. Father, you know all peoples, you know all humanity, and you know especially all your people. And Father of heaven, Equip us, O oh Lord. Give us what we need so that you and only you would receive the honor and the glory and the power. Give us clarity of mind, a humble heart, Share your love for them. Give us strength to be faithful to you, O Lord. Receive the glory and the honor. Prepare the way, Father. Prepare the way, Holy Spirit. And do as you please, O Lord, through us, your people. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In the name of our Lord and precious Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I'm going to have the prayer partners come up here. And um, may the Lord lead you and uh, fill out those forms. If you guys have any questions or anything, uh, we can get in, in touch with you uh, uh, later on today at 2 o'clock, and we'll talk about some few things there, and then we're going to launch out. Blessings to you. We love you in the Lord.